0: Welcome in, you are listening to what could potentially be the most important episode of Keep the Change you'll ever listen to. Mikey, I have goosebumps (laughs) showing you that. That is Virginia Tech's entrance versus number 10, North Carolina. It was a year ago on YouTube, but I think it was actually a long time before that. Uh, 1.1 million views. The top comment says, I don't watch football but this by far be the best thing I've seen in sports. How can't you get pumped up about this? Yeah. 1,500 likes.
1: That is, it, it does, man. That is, if you go and watch this, because it's, fuck, it's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> that is a serious amount of people getting fired up for a game.
0: Yeah, so it is a uh, sports game, the old uh, NFL, that's what it's called, eh? And people are absolutely frothing for this. There is, I th- I went and read up on the history of this, and I thought you found this, really interesting mm-hmm. so basically i think at one game someone just started jumping and so then more people started doing it and then it's become this thing and so there's tens of thousands of people and they play this and there's video after video of these massive entrances now i said to the lads when we were in america i was like fuck boys like we got to go to that we've got to experience that yeah and that's how powerful that is it, people it, from
1: over the around the world want to go and feel it
0: yeah yeah And so I'm looking it up, and then I start reading, um, it's been banned. Oh, you are kidding me? So basically, I don't know if this ended up happening or whether they still do it, but basically, and someone who's right into their football, could you let me know, but what I read is that basically it got so big that the powers that be are like, you know what, it's really unfair on the away team to come, because they've just put at such a big disadvantage. Fuck that. Yeah, I knew that would get you going. (laughs) And so every time you do that, we're going to find you. Oh, man. Interesting, eh? So I think it's a really good example of how you can do something, you can do something really cool, and the bigger it gets, it gains all this momentum. Eventually, no matter how cool it is, someone is going to fucking want to take you down. Mm, It's just human nature.
1: Have you seen the Nike Air movie? Yeah. And they're talking about the colours on the shoes and the NBA have a limited amount. Yep. And then they just sit, stand there and they're like, oh, let's just do it and I'll pay the fine. Yeah. And then eventually, that bigger than the NBA, that's fucking grunty, eh? Yeah.
0: It's a cool... I want to see more of that in the world. Ah, So, so do I, mate. And that is exactly when, what this pot is about. Yeah.
1: When, when it doesn't hurt anyone, just do it. Mm. Like... If, if there's a dumb rule in place, it's time for those rules to be exposed as fucking stupid.
0: Yeah,
1: I mean, they've probably got something like, oh, they're going to break the stadium or something. That'll be some safety shit that they can get away with. But just like the NBA one, if he thinks he's making a billion-dollar shoe, $5,000 a game ain't too bad. And, it, it, and it exposes it. Like, mm. stop making these dumb fucking rules. And we've got heaps of them in New Zealand.
0: We sh- sure do. You've got heaps of leads coming through, even on a Sunday there <laughs> <Yeah>. too. NZ <Guardiansmith.com laughs> guys. Mikey's working seven days. So this is a really good example of something starting small and it becoming massive. And I was doing some thinking yesterday. I was in here yesterday, mate. And it was off the back of the podcast where I was explaining to you, not many people are entrepreneurs. Mm. and it's actually a very low percentage of people who are actually entrepreneurs. And when we talk about entrepreneur, this situation, I'm basically saying people who have an idea, they can go into the market, they can extract value, and they can build a a business out of it. And then they go, I think I could scale this. I might hire some people. Mm. Um, Then there's the, you build a business. Then there's the Elon Musks and the Lime Scooter type people and the Ubers, and they're like, those rules suck, we're gonna fucking break all of them and just build something way mm. bigger. And that's exactly what you're just talking about. You know, they wouldn't have been knocking on the council door, being like, Hey, can we put these scooters around? They're probably just like, fuck, let's just flood the city and see what happens. And yeah. then they did run into troubles and they and they basically entrepreneurs, they look at things and they just go, those rules suck, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it this way. Yeah. And it might not even always be about breaking the rules, but the rules or the law, sorry, but usually they're looking at a set of rules and going I can do this differently Mm -hmm. and so then they create things for us and it got me thinking about how there'll be a lot of people listening to this who are entrepreneurs and who are who do have it in them to build a business the number one thing I believe that stops people and holds them back in this country is two things one we usually go down the path of of a house and a mortgage to start with mm-hmm. so that's the the done thing and the the smart thing you've got to get on the property ladder etc cetera, etc cetera. and then people once they have done that are like I would love to start a business or do my own thing I'd love to do my own thing but I can't
1: yeah there's a huge commitment there every week that you've got to make yeah so you can't go back to like living on zero
0: <laughs> so we've got a shit ton of people that can literally change our entire country our economy hire people they can increase productivity they can solve problems but they can't because they're trapped by the decision they made to buy a property. Mm. All, go- all good, but you may have to solve that piece. Second piece, I think, is we don't have enough education for people on how to actually get to that next step. Now, I wanted to ask you, what was it like for you hiring your first staff member?
1: Fucking terrifying, and I did it terribly as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but you still did it. I still did it, yeah. yeah. It was so bad, man.
1: Like I decided that I was going to do it because I was doing like 16 hour days I was like this has to stop I'm making enough money where I can afford it yep the first thing that went through my head is like I'm making 120 grand if I pay someone 60 <laughs> <laughs> sorry guys
0: <It> was <laughs> shout out to yeah, a reaper Yeah, uh, little brain juice brain drink yeah carry on I'm not gonna mute myself <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> It's terrible. Oh,
0: bad person. <laughs> um very entrepreneurial this drink. Yeah. Um, sorry, you hired the first person. Well, you know, I, I raised the first person. I looked grievance. at my
1: income of 120 grand. I was like, I need someone that's gonna cost at least sixty at the time. Yeah. That means I'm going back to sixty. That was the headspace I'm in, so that's terrifying. Yeah. Um that's not how it happens, but that's no. what I was thinking. And then I have a meeting, I meet someone that I really like. I went through a few people and she's still with me, Melissa. So I told her that she could have the job, right? And then two days later, I panicked and got scared. I said, oh, is it okay if you do part-time to start? Yeah. Because <laughs> I was so scared of the 60 grand bill yeah. at the time. She earns much more than this now. But at the time, that's what it was. And uh, so she was awesome and was like, yeah, I'll do part-time, you fucking idiot. Yeah, God then, save Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like 30 grand or something. And then, yeah, it's all very different now, but, yeah, it was, a at the time, man, it felt like the world's biggest risk. Looking back now, it just seems so stupid the way that I did it, but, yeah. luckily, I had enough courage to actually go through with it, and now we're closing in on 10.
0: Jesus. Yeah. How good. Yeah. You just said something really cool there, man. You said, luckily, I had enough courage. Mm. I did a intro to Muddy Mail yesterday. If you haven't listened to it, it's episode 156, I think, where I'm talking about is a $150 bag, actually $150. Mm And I'll talk about the four Cs. And one of them, like people mistakenly think that they need confidence to take action, but they actually need courage. So confidence feels good. Courage doesn't feel good. So you feel like scared. Mm. And people think, oh, I need the capability to do something. But actually, you just needed to commit and you had the courage to commit, Mm. and then you learnt the capability through doing that. A lot of people, they don't take action because they think they need the capability first. And it's uh, Dan Sullivan's four C's framework that he teaches, especially entrepreneurs. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, entrepreneurs naturally will, they've, they've gone away from the general rules of life and living, so then they understand the four C's a lot better than somebody who's not wired like that, and they think... I'll just wait till I've learnt all of these things and then I'll be the best physio in the world. And it's like, no. That ain't how you're going to get fucking... I'll just do two more years study and then I'll be able to get some clients. Yeah. No. That ain't ain't how it works. (laughs) And we laugh about it because we understand it, right? But we don't teach this sort of shit. So... The reason I wanted to ask you is because I knew that that's what your reaction would be like. But there's a lot of people that will be listening to this and you you will never be in business. It's not your thing. And that's completely sweet. You'll never hire someone. But I want you to understand how big of a fucking deal it is to hire somebody. And if we can encourage more people to do it, you know, look what Mikey's done. He's like, I was so scared. Uh, He had his framework around deciding how to do it. And now he's like, I got 10 of them, Mm. you know? And so he's gone from, a person who's gone into an industry, gotten really good at it, gone, I can't keep doing this all on my own. I'm going to bring someone in. Oh, Jesus. Can you just do like a halftime role? Because this is fucking scary.
1: Man, it sounds bad. <laughs> I'm so embarrassed about that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and now, Mikey's like, cool, broke in the back of that and got 10 people. So, I thought, Because often what I'll do with clients is I'll do some work with them over 90 days to help them understand when they can hire their first person or what they need to do to be able to do it. And it is a massive leap for them to do it. And so then I was like, okay, I'm going to look into the data on this and see what it comes up with. So mbie.gov.nz, MB, the Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment, they put out small business statistics. The last set is 2021. But I think that a lot of people will be surprised by these statistics because even when I talk to business owners about them, they're like, oh, really? And some people get a huge boost and other people get a bit of a wake-up call. Now, as an example, only 15% of businesses in New Zealand turn over or have sales or revenue of a million dollars or above. Mm. And I'll interview accountants for a role. And I'm like, how many businesses do you, you know, what do you, I usually deal with businesses turning over three to 20 million and stuff. I'm like, fuck, okay. Can't be too many of those. Oh yeah, there is. And I'm like, okay, well, how many businesses turn over that? Oh, I don't know, like twenty percent. I'm like, okay, twenty percent. Yeah. What about over a million? Oh, fuck, I, I don't know, forty, sixty percent. Like, No. So they've got no idea. So imagine people who aren't in accounting and business and stuff—they're not going to have a clue. But I think there's this perception that businesses are just killing it; and they make heaps of money, and you know, um, that you can just fucking do whatever you want once you're in business because it's, you just stand on other people. Like all the dumb shit that goes around, right? Mm. But I think what happens is that a lot of people go and get employed by big fuck-off companies. And so then they think that that's what business is like. Mm-hmm. So they think that working at a bank, for instance, that that's, you know, old mate down the road of his retail store probably the same, like all the same stuff applies, yeah. you know, why don't we have fucking, you know, Fridays where we get some wellness retreat vouchers or some shit, or why don't I get 40 days fucking annual leave now and different maternity policies and stuff. And
1: we do, they're called public holidays. <laughs> yeah.
0: And weekends. Yeah. It's small business owners are like, Oh my God, my rent just went up $1,200. Like I'm, fu- I'm fucking really going to struggle up. here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This could be, this could be me like going fully online or getting out of this. And, I don't think people understand the reality. So I thought what I'd do is just take you through some of these statistics um, that I think even you'll be surprised about. So to start with, 97% of businesses in New Zealand have fewer than 20 staff. So if you have in New Zealand over 20 employees, you're in the top 3% of businesses in New Zealand, or you make up 3% of businesses. Now, we often say that we're a nation of small businesses, and I was thinking about that, and I'm like, "Yeah, but I know a lot of people who say they're in business, but they're actually self-employed. Now, self-employed, you effectively are in business, um, and you're counted as being a business in these statistics. But it's basically just you, and that could then be contracting, Soul for trader. instance, yeah, a and real estate agent, yeah, yeah. So this data then breaks it down even further. Seventy-one percent of businesses have zero employees whoa shit yes so I actually think I was thinking about this and I I reckon there is our biggest opportunity to improve our country is to teach these people how if they want to they could have an employee Mm. because you can't hire people unless you build a sustainable business that works much like you found out you're like I can't keep doing this I've got to figure out how it can work. And everyone wants to focus on sustainability at the moment, which is talking about, you know, great for the planet, Mm. all that sort of shit. Cool. I tell you what, you also need to focus on sustainability of fucking profit. Yeah. Because (laughs) if you don't have money coming in or making a profit, your business is unsustainable and you can't do all the cool shit. You can't go clean up the fucking lakes and the rivers and stuff because you don't have the money to do it. Yeah. So... There needs to be a bit of conversation the other way too. But in New Zealand, it's very, very easy to start a business. People go on, they start a company, and they're like, cool, I'm in business, but not much education of how do I actually get better at this? Mm. So 71% of businesses have zero employees. Now, 29.3% of employees are employed by small businesses. So small businesses actually only employ 30% of all of the people working in the workforce Shit. So therefore, the big dogs are employing over 70%. Wow. And that's where I think the mismatch comes. People work in these big organisations and they think, well, yeah, this is just like, you know, this is probably what it's like out so there. So you're right.
1: Majority of people work for the big dogs. Mm. Mm.
0: Not for companies like Reaper. Shout out to Arepa. Um. So then you can break it down even further. Now, this might surprise you even more. So then we can actually see, okay, there's 29.3% of employees. There's a chart. Now, there's only actually 2.3 million people working.
1: In New Zealand? Mm.
0: Of a population of 5 million? Yeah.
1: How many are under 10? I was going to say 10, but people don't work at 10 these days, do they? 13, yeah, I I? How many are under 14?
0: Surprised the shit out of me there. I thought it would be a lot higher.
1: So but that means that there's... What was it, 2.3 mil? Yeah. So there's two point, two point, 2.7 million that are either retired or underage.
0: Yeah, or they may be uh, in a, they're unable to work, so on a sickness oh, like benefit, a, for instance. Beneficiaries, yeah, yeah. Yeah, all sorts of different things, right? So we've only really got 2.3 million people that we can call upon. This data may have changed since 2021, but I wouldn't imagine by too much. Um, so you can see why people are like, well, I can't get someone to work for me because they're not there. Mm. So then we get them from the Philippines and then people complain about it. Like, oh, why yeah. are we fucking importing workers? Why are people outsourcing, offshoring? We don't have the labour pool to lean on. Mm. But so of that 2.3 million people, 245,000, to keep these numbers round, are sitting at organisations with between one to five employees. 435,000 of them sitting in businesses between six to 19. Mm. Now remember that as soon as we get to 20, we're not talking about small business anymore effectively mm. because they're too big. So these are now bigger. In organisations between 20 and 50 people, there are 315,000 people. So, 1.3 million of the total 2.3 million work in organisations that have 50 or more people. Whoa. Yes. Shit. So, now can you see why people think that... Oh fuck! Business is probably just like this because this is the organisation that I'm in. Yeah. So if someone in that 1.3 billion people was in a big organisation like that, and then they go work in a startup, they're like, "Fuck! This is weird." Yeah, yeah, Ooh, yeah. Where's all the fucking candy at? <laughs> yeah. Why aren't the lunches provided? <laughs> what do you mean there's no extended maternity cover? Um, <laughs> can't you put more into my Kiwi Saver? <laughs> you know, all of those different types of things that you may actually be getting. So. I think that a great opportunity for us is to be able to A, get more people into business and get them hiring people and build shit out because these are where problems get solved and this is where innovation comes from and productivity Mm. and and hope and inspiration and change rather than just like, okay, just suck them all into these big corporates or, or massive organizations and shit. All good and well, I truly believe if we had some better education for people to understand A, how to do business and B, how to do it so that they can scale it, we could have a completely different country. Yeah, man. And that's where I think a lot of people listening to this, or there'll be a select, there'll be a percentage, and it's probably a very small percentage, and this is designed to get you thinking, are you that person? Because if you are, this country needs you more now than ever. As we've always said, it ain't going to be the politicians that fucking turn up and solve the problems. It's usually people that can go it's out there and solve problems. The market, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's problem solving and finding solutions.
0: The government are there to support those and be like, okay, we should probably put some put some funding in behind that. As an example, I thought
1: you are going to say raise taxes, a lot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Well, they do that too. <laughs> but as an example, mate, you know, I didn't know this, but the Ministry of Social Development they are like, oh, we're a little bit, we don't reach everybody that we need to reach, but some people have a massive reach in the community so you know what we should probably put some funding in behind those people to ensure that if instead of them going to the Ministry of Social Development to seek help they're like they say to uh, a person that's got a profile in the community like hey mate I'm really struggling with this then that person's like oh you should go and speak did you know the Ministry of Social Development can help you with that and that's Mm -hmm. the trust factor to then actually get them towards the support so they will give those people money Uh, and there's all sorts of stuff like that where that's, I guess, I don't know if it becomes a good spend or not, but it's not just about like building roads and fucking paying benefits and stuff for Mm. people. and, And that's not just where money goes. Basically, there are things like that where the government are taking money off of people in taxes and then trying to support things so that we can have a better country. My
1: view on this is very simple. Everyone, look around you. What you're driving right now, what you're searching on right now to get your information, what you're listening on right now, what you're about to use when you get into the office right now, what you're eating right now, everything you touch, maybe not the road that you drove on, mm. has been done by the free market. Actually, the government hires the free market. To I was about the road. to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's us that fix this shit. 100%. Yeah. Like, the house you live in, you know, like the government told us they're going to do 10,000 Kiwi build homes and they've done like 900 or some shit. So, but thousands of houses have been built by the open market. Yeah. Tens of thousands. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands. Um, yeah. The, the, we just should back ourselves hard, eh? Big time. We just fix everything. Humans are. Fuck, like I'm so pro human, eh? Yeah, And like free market human. And, yeah. and
0: it, it ain't like, oh, um, just this type of human. It's all of us. Mm. Race, religion, women, men, fucking whatever. Yeah, like, If you're a weapon, we need you.
1: Yeah, I was listening to a real cool podcast on the way here. And I can't even remember the term it was. I'm going to go back and re-listen to it. But it was basically talking about how if we all focus on our self-interest of wanting to do better for ourselves, not like removing government, more government equals bad, doing for ourselves, the whole world around everyone gets really good. Yeah. There's, a th- it's called, there's some theory. Okay. Um, yeah, but I'll, I'll come back to that because that's going to be, I'll get some proper data around that because some countries have tried it.
0: Yeah, okay. Hmm. So my message is to those people who think they've got it in them, I empower you and encourage you at some stage in your life to see and mm. what's the worst case scenario is you have to go back a few chapters or you got to move home for a bit, or you have to go back to your original job or mm. whatever we're a very good nation at encouraging people to start a business, but very few can kind of hire people and and scale up and things like that but I
1: think there's a certain level of risk that's that you make up in your head as well um that you don't want to take on, and it can be pretty scary. Like, I've had sleepless nights, hey?
0: Mm, most businesses owners have. Yeah, yeah,
1: and you can, like, proper, proper fear and anxiety about, like, how to handle a certain situation. Um, But, like, I always force myself to be more scared of if I didn't do it in 20 years, what it looks like. Yeah, if like nice. I just stayed in my PAYE job. Yeah. The end result of that in 20 years was fucking terrifying. Like I'd rather you can see it. You can see down that path. You know exactly you what the outcomes out. are. Yeah, it's yeah. just math, and you know, people won't
0: tell you to though. No, like no, no, no. Because we we don't like if you've got aspirational people, you don't want to show them what's down the end of a paye route because they're like, well, yeah, I mean, fuck, I mean, they probably wake up soon enough and be like, I gotta bounce. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's more scary to me than taking a punt. I feel like I'd rather take a punt and end up with nothing, knowing that I gave it a try. Eh?
0: Mm. Yeah. yeah, but again. If you haven't listened to the podcast where I'm explaining to Mikey about how entrepreneurs think different, they are already breaking rules, they're more familiar with that, They that's how they live, then please go and listen to that. And it's actually in the back end of the podcast around a property, how it's $700,000, but it'll actually cost you over a million dollars over a 10-year window. Mm. In the back five or eight minutes in that, we explain some of this. So that'll give you some good context for why I've carried this conversation on, but As well, part B to this is that if 71% of people have no employees, Mikey, why do you think so many people want to be a contractor or self-employed in this day and age? Tax.
1: Taxes. Taxes. Yeah, I think we're actually going to go more and more down this road. eh? I have a theory about this. Yep. Because you can't stop humans, eh? We're fucking machines. And we will find ways to make sure... Our lives get incrementally better Mm. all the time. So, when you keep adding taxes and inflation and, you know, and things are are costing more and and you're getting outstripped by the penalty, I call them penalties, inflation tax and that shit, levies.
0: And jutter bars.
1: Yeah, (laughs) fucking fucking speed bumps. You dogs, (laughs) take them out. (laughs) But when you have these penalties that keep piling up, it's a human's natural instinct to... to find a solution and try and not be affected by it as much. And I think the contractor road is going to be, there's going to be a wave of it. Mm. If we end up with 45% across the top income bracket and stuff like that, the progressive income tax bracket's not moving up, even though that's added like 20% over the last 20 years just because of inflation. Yep, All of these things are just making it harder and harder. I think you're going to get a wave of, like, out of 100,000 employees in New Zealand, 50,000 could go to their boss and be like, I want a contract from tomorrow. You don't have to pay me holiday pay, any of that. You can even fire me at any time. I just need to be paid this much to make up for those differences. And the bosses will go, huh, that all makes sense. Mm. And then it's a win-win for both people because then the person is driving to work, so they're claiming the fuel costs on their car when they get registration and insurance on their car, that's being claimed. They've got a phone that they use during work hours, so that's being claimed. Yep. All of a sudden, all these things turn into benefits mm. and you're not paying tax on them if you're a contractor. Am I right, the, the accountant?
0: Close. Close. Yeah. No, no, very, very well explained. There is a piece of legislation, effectively, that says that you can't just be a contractor if you are actually acting as an employee.
1: You're a consultant then. <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you have to be very careful. <laughs> yeah. Your employer can basically, the uh, it's not the ID actually, I think it is, I don't remember who administers it, but basically they can go back and they'll be like, actually they weren't a contractor, they were in the eyes of the law really an employee to you and we're going to make you pay their PAYE and backdated and all these different things and mm. there's different cases where people have tried to hire or set things up as contractors. So be careful. However, if you are working for multiple sources. Uh, I was going to
1: say, you could do three days over there, three days bingo. over there, and yeah. then all of a sudden it's a different kettle of fish, isn't e- exactly, it?
0: Exactly, yeah. So if you just if you just stick for your current employment and just solely invoice to them, you probably, you may run into some trouble and the employer might be like, hey, we're not comfortable doing that. But you're right, mate. So you know if I just look around this room, so this iPad, for instance, for me, mm-hmm. this is a tax-deductible expense. Now, I did a podcast and it is basically the tax rules are not set up for employees, So go back and listen to that if you want to go in depth into it. But basically, to keep it high level for you, say Luke earns $80,000 in his PAYE salary role. After my taxes, I'm going to end up with 60 something thousand probably, probably like $40. um, (laughs) And I then am like, oh, I really want a phone. Okay, well, cool. I go and pay for that of my after tax income. Now, I'm like, oh, I want to have a meal with a potential person. I might end up doing some you know, business worth or whatever, and that meal is going to come out of my after-tax uh, income. However, if I'm in business, then a lot of my expenses are then claimable. So we want to have some a reaper in the office to provide to clients when they come in so that they can be thinking more clearly, mm-hmm. for instance. That's a tax-deductible expense. I need an iPad. It makes me more productive, more efficient. It's going to help me improve my business, drive revenue. That's a tax-deductible expense. There's a $1,000 limit for... Things that aren't uh, assets that are minor assets, effectively. And if you pay for those things and they're under a thousand dollars, you might go and buy a Samsung that is a piece of shit that's eight hundred dollars. You got a Samsung? <laughs> yeah, I do. <don't. laughs> Whatever they cost. But <laughs> say you go and buy a phone, for instance, and it's under a thousand dollars, that's a fully deductible tax expense if mm. you're using it to derive income. So now, Luke goes out and he contracts and he's not in his employment role anymore. He contracts, he does a bit of work for Mikey. Um, I do a bit of work for another business and I do a bit of work over here and I, it totals up to 80 grand worth of income that I send out in terms mm-hmm. of invoices. But then I take off my expenses for my phone bill and I've also paid for my iPad that's then going to depreciate, so that's an expense. Uh, I'm having some meetings with Mikey and I'm like, I'll get this bricky, mate. No worries, this one's on me. I'm claiming half of that as an entertainment expense. I am like, you know what? I really want a fucking gold pen. So I go and buy that. Cool. That's a stationary expense. And by the end of the year, it turns out, well, I, I had 80 grand worth of income, but my expenses were around 20,000. I'm going to pay tax on 60,000. Mm. So. More take home dollar.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: So there's a number of things that people will be able to claim that they can't when you're an employee. Mm. And. That is because we want people to be, we're encouraging them to try and get over into that area. And I think as inflation sticks around, as taxes go up and stuff, they keep doing that shit more people, it incentivizes them to be like, maybe I should do some contracting or maybe I should claim some shit that's pretty borderline. And you've got to be very careful about what you do, but you'll be surprised when you start looking at the things that you can claim. You'll be like, wow, okay. Yeah, I really do need the fucking internet at home because I work from home. Now, a percentage of that is therefore claimable. You use your house as an office, especially mm. in the early days. You can claim a percentage of your mortgage interest or your rent as a tax-deductible expense. You can't do that shit when you're on a PAYE salary.
1: Nah. Yeah, it's quite effective, eh?
0: It's very effective.
1: Mm. I think um the other side of it is like you get all of those advantages when you go and do it. I think the the scary part is, is, I mean, there's more laws around it now, but I think contractors, if you have, like, a fight with your boss and you're like, I'm not coming in tomorrow, you don't have to. Or the other way around, the boss is like, we don't need you tomorrow. Yep. You know, unless there's extra terms written on top and stuff like that. So that's, I guess, a a different part. But if you spread and diversify yourself across multiple places, then that becomes less of an issue, right? Yeah. The other thing is, is... um. As a paye employee, you cost the employer quite a lot more than what you earn. Definitely. So if you are getting paid a hundred grand salary, that's a hundred and three grand plus KiwiSaver, and then holiday pays about seven thousand seven hundred. So you're actually costing about one hundred and eleven thousand to the employer.
0: You're Usually about one point five. By the time they're like, I want a disc, I want an ergonomic fucking seat. C- I need computer, a bigger screen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, electricity, office lease, blah blah blah, like it goes on and whatever it is, yep. like there's all these other things that you know you can't work it out to the dollar, but the basic part of it is that you're costing that. So you can probably have that conversation with them and be like, "Can I have that portion mm. if I go and do this?" And then yeah, I mean the way that I think, I'm like, "Fuck, it's a no-brainer. Everyone should do it." But <laughs> 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 but yeah, I know it's not how it works.
0: Interestingly, I've heard a couple of people say that they're. Offering to contract to their current employers mm. in the evenings and, and do a bit of overtime. Yeah, doing a bit of, and they're like, "Well, we can't find staff, but hey, I'm I'm happy to do some more hours." Mm. Um, but you know, your employer may just choose to pay you an additional amount. But who knows? But there are people screaming out for workers out there. Mm. the The labor market is still quite tight, and you've just got to make sure that you can aim yourself towards an area where you can provide those skills and you can be paid for them. Yeah. And so there's two parts here. One, there's some people listening to this that we need you and we need you in business and the country needs you and I think if you've got it in you, it's your fucking duty to Ooh. Yeah.
1: Ooh, to, I like it.
0: To to step up and figure out, okay, how can I be that person? I, I know that I am deep down, I know that that's me, but I've fallen into this way of living, but at some stage you're going to have to step out of that and be like we need you. Mm. And then there's some people who uh, like, I just want to make some extra income, then you've got to be thinking about, A, how you're going to do that, but then B, what that looks like in terms of what things you can claim um, and, and how you're going to do that. And 71% of businesses in New Zealand have no employees, so there's a shit ton of people who are doing it. And there will also be people that are like, oh, but all the tax stuff scares me. Jump on Henry, hnr dot I
1: think that's a game changer.
0: Henry? Yep. Yeah.
1: To take away the fear of going down that road. Yeah. Like even if, you, if you've been thinking about it for a while and that's one of the reasons you've been going, go and play with Henry. Yeah. Go and watch the videos on it because I know some people that are very incapable of math <laughs> and they use Henry and they're still very incapable of math but they're not in trouble. <laughs> yeah. It's a really good piece of software, eh? It's
0: very simple.
1: They just take a photo of their receipt And then it goes in and the money that falls out the bottom is already charged, the tax is taken out of it. Yeah. And at the end of the year, you might get a little refund because if they overdid it or whatever, but yeah, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. It's very cool software.
0: Yeah, definitely. And their whole thing was, in New Zealand, people, this is a question I get all the time, like, oh, how do I register my business? Well, you actually don't have to. Like, there's no law that states that you should. But what people are confusing it with is they think they need to start a company. Henry's whole thing was, a lot of you people with a company with no employees, you don't even need a company. You just need to be operating as a sole trader under yeah, your own ID number. Yeah, income tax, guys. Yeah. yeah. So they've created a software so that it allows you to invoice out, it allows you to get paid, they'll take care of all your taxes, you can claim some expenses and they're going to sit there as well and they're going to go, no, you can't claim that, sorry. Mm. Uh, or yes, you can. So you've got a bit of security that it's going to be done right mm. too. and look, if the IRD uh, investigate them, they'll be investigating a whole shit ton of people mm. but they will know that they can't fuck their relationship with the ID. so they'll be doing it very properly. Yep. And then you don't even have to go and learn all the tax rules about what you can and can't claim. You can basically just ask them every time.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all set up there for you. It's actually never been easier to do, mm. which is pretty cool. It's yeah. quite exciting. There's lots of little things that I'm excited about. I just want people to fucking smash it, eh? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Good summary. Well, mate, did were you surprised by some of those stats? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting, eh?
1: Yeah, go and go and get self-employed team and hire heaps of people. Here we go. It's really good.
0: The country needs you. We You're do. the one that's going to fix the issues that we have over the long run. And in the meantime, I'm going to fucking Virginia Tech. Metallica. Before you hire five people, leave a five-star review.